Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Tonight, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your presence, to hear your word. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We ask that you take your place. We ask that you speak to us. Have your way amongst us. We are thankful and grateful, and we appreciate your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Forever for the Lord as you take your seats and turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. We have been sharing in this service, our weekday service for a few weeks we've been sharing about fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. And we, I'm being blessed by this message. And it is strengthening my faith. It is teaching me why I should hold strongly to my faith. Hallelujah. Fight the good fight of faith. We have been talking about different kinds of fight. We mentioned different kinds of fight. And there are so many fights that God does not want us to be involved in. God does not want us to be involved in marital fights. God does not want us to be involved in legal fight, legal battles. In fact, the scripture says, if you have a case with your brother and you are going going to court, settle it quickly before you come or you appear before a judge. Settle the matter quickly. So God has not encouraged us to be on a legal fight and taking people to court and so on and so forth, fighting people on TV and so on. Amen. But there's one particular fight that God wants us to be involved in. There's one particular fight God wants us to put all our strength in it. And it's the fight of faith. Hallelujah. This fight, God gives us direct instruction. There is no other explanation. There is no other interpretation. He gives us direct instruction to fight the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. So our foundational scripture, two scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me 
a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Hallelujah. He says, I have fought a good fight. Fight a good fight. Fight a good fight. Do not fight fight that is bad. A fight that is not good is not worth fighting it. Hallelujah. God says, fight the good fight. Hallelujah. And when you fought this, when you have fought this fight, at the end, you will keep your faith. You will keep your faith in the things of God. You will keep your faith in the promises of God. You will be victorious when you fight this fight. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. It is a commandment. And he's saying, fight the good fight of faith. Ellen, fight the good fight of faith. It means faith, we don't just have it. We don't, we, we don't, it's, it doesn't just come to you that I have faith and you're taking it. You have to fight for it. The scripture says, fight the good fight of faith. And it says, lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. It means that eternal life will not just come to you. The moment you give your life to Christ, the moment you say, I am born again, there is someone who is after that. The moment you have faith to receive Christ, and you say, I give my life to Christ, and he says, I believe, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you were crucified. You died on the cross. And I believe that you were buried. And I believe that on the third day, you rose again from the dead. You see, once you say that, this is your faith. For you to say this, it means you have faith. Do you understand? And then you say, because of that, I believe that the blood that was shed, the blood that you shed can cleanse me. It can purify me. It can make me whole. Therefore, my sins are forgiven. Let the blood of Jesus wash me. Let the blood of Jesus cleanse me. It is by faith. Do you understand? It is by faith. And then you believe. You believe that I am cleansed. And then you say, I am now worthy for Jesus to come into my life. Therefore, I invite you to come into my life. I invite you to be my Lord. I want you to be my master. I want to serve you from today on. From today on, all things have become new. Everything that was behind me is old. My past is gone. Everything. People cannot use your past to accuse you anymore. Amen. If you were a thief one time, or you were a liar, or you stole, you were a fornicator, you were an adulterer, you, you have killed somebody, you are a murderer, no matter what you have done, no matter what you have done, from this moment, after I have said this prayer, I believe that I am as pure as you are, I am as righteous as you are, there is no difference between you and I, if you think you are righteous, I am also righteous, because of that faith, because of that faith. Amen. And so if someone stands there and accusing me and I say, oh, I know this man. Oh, he used to go to clubs. He used to sleep with 
young women, he used to steal, he used to do this. I don't care what you are saying. As far as I am concerned, I am pure and I am cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so, the moment this faith comes to you and you hold on to it, someone is after it. Someone is after it. And you see, if you don't hold fast to it, that is when you begin to believe when they are saying that, oh, you are still the same. You, have, you are born again, but you have not changed. You are born again, but you are this. You are born again, but you are that. But you are born again, but you sing, you, you, you go to church, you dance, you pay your tithe, but you are this. I believe that I am cleansed. Amen. And so are you. Hallelujah. So are you. So he says, lay hold, lay hold on eternal life. Because this faith is leading you to eternal life. And someone is after it. Lay hold on something means that if you don't hold it, somebody is going to take it from you. Amen. It means somebody is going to take it from you. So he says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight it. It's a good fight. The fight of faith is a good fight. Hallelujah. I said the fight of faith somewhere is a good fight. You have to fight it. Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Lay hold on eternal life. Sashali, lay hold on eternal life. No matter what is around you, let your focus be on the eternal life. That is why the scripture says, looking unto Jesus. Who is what? The author and finisher of what? Of your faith. You have to keep your eyes on him if you want to hold on to this faith. He's the one who began with you and he's the one who will finish with you. Amen. Not a man, not anyone but Jesus. If he says you are not in it, then you are not in it. But looking unto him, he is the author of your faith and he's the finisher of your faith. Hallelujah. Amen. So we talked so much about fighting the good fight of faith and then we began to talk about reasons why we must fight the good fight. Reasons why we must fight the good fight. And I gave you one before. I said the re- one of the reasons why we must fight the good fight is to achieve success and victory in the faith. Hallelujah. To achieve success and victory in the faith. And we realize that we learn from this point that the only way we can stay in the faith and achieve success and victory is when we are together. When we remain together. And that whenever the enemy is able to separate us from the group, then he's able to devour us. Hallelujah. And we use the analogy of how the head of deer feed together. And when one is separated, then the lion is able to take that one out. Amen. How many of you have seen the documentary on that? Powerful. Some of you, you obey instructions. Some of you, too, you will not understand it. You keep watching WhatsApp videos and watching all these African jokes that people are sending to you and you are laughing and sending them to friends. You see, after you have seen this documentary, send that one to a friend. Send the link to a friend. If it was a joke, a silly joke, you'll be sending it to all kinds of people. 
Amen. Hallelujah. So we realize that we need to be together. Our strength in fighting for victory, our strength in becoming victorious is when we are together. Hallelujah. When we are together. So God says we should not separate ourselves. We should not eliminate, we should not, we should not forsake the assembly. When the church is gathering, whatever meeting we have, don't exclude yourself. Because the moment you exclude yourself, the enemy will come after you. Amen. Last week, I think we began talking about another reason. And we said another reason why we must fight the good fight of faith is to fight for the things God has given to you in his word. To fight for the things that God has given to you in his word. Hallelujah. And we read a scripture that shows that the enemy is ever ready to steal what God has given to us. The enemy is always, the Bible calls him a thief. And he does not come to you. He will never come near you if you don't have anything. So anytime you see a promise of God in the scriptures and you take claim of that scripture, you take claim of that promise, the thief will come after you. Amen. So I am telling you that the thief does not come to anyone who does not read the Bible. If you don't read the Bible, there's no promise. You don't have anything. You don't own anything. And he will not come to you. Amen. So if you are encountering the devil, you are encountering the enemy in many ways, you will realize that each time you try to do this, you see an attack. Each time, understand that you are holding on to something precious that the enemy is interested in. Amen. So you see, stop, stop, don't be bothered by the people who say, look, she's a Christian, but look at what has happened to her. She's the one that's going to church all the time. And look, she had an accident. I don't go to church. The enemy doesn't care about you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He says, oh, look, she's a Christian. She doesn't, I mean, look, she has been going to church and going to church, but she's still single. She has not got married. She's been going to church and going to church, and look at her marriage. The enemy will be after your marriage because there are certain promises that you have taken claim of and he will fight you because he knows that if you continue on in this faith, he knows the benefit. Amen. He knows the benefit. So don't mind those people. Tell them the enemy doesn't care about you. It is like, you you, you are not bothered by him. You are not bothered by him. Hallelujah. Because he owns you already. So why should he fight you? He owns you already. Why should he fight you? Amen. That that is why he doesn't bother with you. Hallelujah. But when he's done with you, you will see. When he's done with you. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? I tell you, anytime you receive a promise from God, the enemy will come after you. Hallelujah. We read a scripture in 3 John, 3 John chapter 2, and it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So God wants you to prosper as you are serving him, as you are growing spiritually, as your soul is prospering, as your soul is heading towards eternal life, 
In this life also, God wants you to prosper. Your soul doesn't need health in this life. But God says, I want you to prosper in health. I want you to not be in need. I want you, as your soul is prospering, may you also prosper in other things. And he says, that is his wish above all things. Wow. It is God's top priority, Robert, that you prosper. He says, I wish above all things. I wish it is my top priority that you prosper. So see yourself as someone who is potentially a prosperous person. You are a prosperous person. I say you are a prosperous person. And I'm going to teach you why you should not look at your circumstances now and let you lose focus of this prosperity that is ahead of you. Amen. That is ahead of you. Because circumstances that are around you, your situation that is around you is a, is a faith killer. It's a faith killer. Hallelujah. The situation, situations are faith killers. Hallelujah. Amen. Wilderness is a faith killer. Dryness is a faith killer. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? It's a faith killer. Amen. God never intends that you be poor. It is never God's intention. Don't ever think that if you're a Christian, you have to live a, a sad, miserable life. Do you understand? The people who serve God faithfully, they were not poor. They were not poor. Noah was not a poor man. How could he have built such a huge, a, a huge ship to contain all these animals and all these things? He wasn't poor. Amen. He wasn't poor. I believe he employed some unbelievers to help him. He was paying them. They didn't believe that this is going to amount to anything. They finished and then they drowned. Because they finished and then they got paid and they left. He was not poor. Amen. He was not poor. Hallelujah. He was a very rich man. Amen. Whenever you are following God, you are, you, you are following a very rich God. Amen. When you are serving God, understand that your path, your destiny is to prosperity. You are never, you are never leading to poverty. God is not leading you to poverty. He says, I have plans concerning your life. I have plans regarding you. When, I, when it comes to your situation, I have plans. I says there are plans of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. God has a plan to bring you to an expected end. But he says that his ways are not your ways. Neither are your ways his ways. So as you are going, you don't see how that is going to happen. Looking at your I say situations that are around you, the things that are around you, they are faith killers. They are faith killers. Amen. They are faith killers. That is why the psalmist says, but as for me, I will not look at my surroundings. I will not look at the things that are around me. Because if I begin to look at these people and I begin to look at what they can give me, I don't think I can hold on to. But I will lift up my eyes onto the hills. That is where my help will come from. My help will come from Jehovah. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't look.
look at, don't look at the one who made the heavens and the earth. He said, the one who says the gold, the silver is mine. The one who says the gold is mine. I will look unto him. Amen. I will look unto him. Not to your boss. Not to your supervisor. No. Amen. I will look unto him. Hallelujah. So we said, God wants you to prosper. God wants you. He says, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. And we, we, we went through the definition of prosperity. When we say someone is prosperous, what does it mean? It means that you are flourishing. You flourish in life. You flourish in life, especially in financial respect. You flourish in life. Amen. You have good fortune. Hallelujah. You have good fortune. You'll be in economic well-being. To have economic well-being. Hallelujah. Prosperous life. You have the ability to give. It means you have abundance. You have in abundance. That's why he says, I will give you exceedingly abundantly. Above even what you can think or expect. Hallelujah. God is not a poor God. Amen. He gave a promise to Abraham. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2. Let us read from verse 1. Genesis chapter 12. It says, Now the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Do you see? Now, if you look at this, if you look at this, it looks as you are walking away from prosperity. It looks like you are walking away from wealth. It says, get, now the Lord said unto Abraham, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, your country where at least your father's land can be your land. And from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Where? Where is the land? I don't know. But I will show you. That is the God that you are following. He says, come, I will show you another place. And he said, where is it? He doesn't give you a map. He doesn't give you GPS. He doesn't give you direction. He says, just follow me. Jackie, do you see the scripture? Verse 2, he says, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. God intends to make your name great. God intends to make your name great. You will have a great name. I said you have a great name. Your name will matter. When people are having discussions and they mention you, your name will matter. You know, it's not, poverty is not a good thing. It's not good to be poor. I said it's not a good thing to be poor. Hallelujah. It's not a good thing to be poor. Amen. You know, even poor countries, you know, when they are talking about weather forecasts, and they are talking about, oh, the weather is this here, there's rain here, there is that here, they don't talk about certain poor countries. That there's a hamatan in Accra. So who cares? That the, 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 the wind is dusty. 
that the sun is high, that it's hot. Who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody cares that the temperature in Haiti is this. And you see it on CNN. That the temperature in Lagos and it's on TV. You know, when you are poor, you are not regarded. Amen. But God says, I will make your name great. You will matter. I said, your name will matter. Your name will matter. Hallelujah. Your name will matter. Amen. Says your name will be great and thou shall be a blessing. You'll be a blessing. You'll be a blessing. Verse 3. He says, and I will bless them that bless thee. May the Lord bless those who bless you. May the Lord bless them that bless you. People who do you good, may the Lord do them good. He will raise up people to do you good. And he says, I will bless those people. Anyone who cares about you will be cared for by the Lord also. Amen. He says, I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee. May the Lord curse your enemies. I say, may the Lord curse your enemies. Supervisors, who wants you to be fired? May the Lord curse them. May the Lord remove them. May the Lord uproot them. May the Lord curse your enemies. Amen. There are people, they don't want you to do well. Oh, the Lord is removing them from your path. The Lord is removing them from your life. Hallelujah. There are people who make decisions about you and they are planning evil decisions concerning you. May the Lord curse your enemies. Amen. Hallelujah. He says you will set confusion in the camp of your enemies. They will gather about you and they are making discussions about you. Let us do this. Let us change it. Let us do this to her. We think this. The Lord will set confusion and they will be firing themselves. Yes. Whenever people gather to discuss evil plans concerning you, may the Lord curse them and send confusion in their midst. Hallelujah. It is a scripture. It is your promise. It is your promise. He says, I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse him that curses thee. Anyone that curses you, he will curse them. It is your promise. Take hold of it. Amen. So you see, you go to work and you see that people gather and they discuss you and they're talking about you and they're bringing you down. Quote the scripture. You say, Lord, it is you who said you will curse them that curse me. May you curse these people. They'll be cursed. But you need to live hold on the faith and have faith that when you say this, it shall come to pass. Hallelujah. I say, fight the good fight of faith. And he says, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. What a blessing. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6. He says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Look, we will not take anything out of this world. 
Everything God has given us here, it is for here. Hallelujah. When we are living, we will leave them here. Amen. When we are living, we will leave them here. Hallelujah. When we are living, we are leaving everything here. So, the things that God has blessed you with, enjoy them. Enjoy them. Some of you, God has blessed you and you are afraid to enjoy the blessings. Amen. You are afraid to enjoy the blessings. And that is why you are not making room for more. Look, the scripture we read concerning Abraham says, he will bless you so you'll be a blessing to others. Sometimes you need to bless other people out of your blessing. Hallelujah. Because if your bucket is full and you are not making room, we can't add more. Amen. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing? Don't hold on to the blessings that God has blessed you and afraid that you are going to lose it. Enjoy the blessing because you leave them here. Amen. You see, when you go to when you go to um, Six Flags, when you go to Six Flags, you will see all the roller coasters and you will see all the the things, interesting things and. And you go there and then you enjoy them. You enjoy them. When you are coming, do you bring them with you? You don't bring them with you. You leave them there. That is a life that we ought to live. Amen. You can't say because of, oh, I'm going, then you go and sit there and just watch it. But go and enjoy them. But when you are done, come. Amen. You leave them and go. And you go again. God will bless you and enjoy the blessings. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid of buying an air ticket to go for a camp. That will not kill you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Eh, it's too expensive. Eh, this is expensive. This is expensive. I can't afford it. This is expensive. I can't afford it. Go and buy the ticket. Sit on an airplane and go for the camp. Then I want to go, but it is too expensive. I want to go, but it's too expensive. I want to go, but it's too expensive. Am I preaching to somebody? <laughs> Amen. I think I'm dialing somebody's number. Amen. Hallelujah. God is not a poor God. The God you're serving, He's not a poor God. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6. It says, but godliness with contentment is a great gain. Verse 8 says, and having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. It says, godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Look, just being godly and serving God and not having contentment, you gain nothing. God does not intend that you will be godly and serve him, sing, fast, pray, and you don't have contentment. That is not great gain. He says when your service to him, when you are worshipped to him, is added with contentment, then you have received a great gain. May you receive a great gain. May you receive a great gain. Amen. What is contentment? What is contentment? 
Contentment, definition of contentment says a state of happiness and satisfaction. A state of a state of happiness and satisfaction. I don't think hunger is satisfaction. When you are hungry, I don't think it's satisfaction. So do you think that God wants you to be godly and hungry? No. I don't think when you can afford your rent, it is satisfaction. That you are happy, you can afford your rent. I say contentment means a state of happiness and satisfaction. You cannot be happy if you can afford your rent. You cannot be happy if you and your family are crowded in this small apartment. It's not satisfaction. God, in, God does not intend that you serve him and not have contentment. Amen. He says godliness added to contentment. That is what is a great gain. Godliness added with satisfaction, added with joy, added with happiness. This is great gain. We are not to serve God, be godly and be mobile and be miserable and be sad. It never intended to be like that. Amen. That you are sad, you don't know how, where the rent is coming from. You are, you, you are not holding fast to the faith. I say you are not holding fast to the faith. That is why. When you see a poor Christian, he's not holding fast to the faith. Let me tell you, a lot of Christians, they don't believe the things that the, Lord, the, the Bible says. A lot of Christians. That is why a lot of Christians are poor. I'm telling you. I am telling you. You may not like it, but I'm telling you the truth. A Christian ought not to be poor. I say a Christian who is serving God, you ought not to be poor. A Christian should not lack your rent. You should not worry about your rent. Amen. The reason why you are poor is because you don't believe the scriptures. I'm telling you. I am telling you. I am telling you. That is the only reason why you are poor. You don't believe the scriptures. If you like, believe it and see. I'm telling you. Listen, God is a faithful God. And he doesn't, his words, they are sure. His words, they are true. His promises, when God promises you something, they are yea and they are amen. Amen. It is, it is your unbelief. You don't believe it. That's why you are poor. Amen. That's why you are poor. That's why your fridge is empty. Amen. But I mean, my fridge is not empty. Because I believe. Amen. My fridge has always food in my fridge. If you like, surprise me in my house and see. <laughs> Every time you come, there will be food in my house. That you eat and you, you, you can't even go, get up and go. True or not true? True or not true? You too. Yes. Some of you, when we say we are coming to your house, yeah, I don't have juice. I don't have, I don't have water. I don't have juice. And then now you are looking for, you are looking for change to go and buy. Come on. You are not a true Christian. You don't believe. That's why. You don't believe. You don't have faith. That's why. You don't have faith. Amen. Look, the scripture says, your father in heaven, he knows that you have need of these things. 
That is why he says, don't think of what you will eat tomorrow. So he said, don't think of what you will eat tomorrow. You are not a true Christian. That's why you are worried about what you will eat tomorrow. But I don't worry about what I will eat tomorrow. I don't worry about what I will eat tomorrow. I know I will eat tomorrow. And I know I will eat the next day. I know I will not be hungry. I will know I will not be hopeless. Amen. I know that. I know that. I know that I will not freeze in my home. Amen. I know. Hallelujah. You are not a true Christian. I'm telling you. That is why. You don't believe. Amen. It says godliness. Godliness. Serving God. And contentment. That is a great gain. If you are serving God, you are godly and you don't have contentment. You have, you have not received great gain. Maybe you have received small gain. A little gain. David, isn't that so? You want great gain? Serve God. And have contentment. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. It says, honor the Lord with your substance. The NIV says, honor the Lord with your wealth. With your wealth. God expects that you have wealth. So you can honor him. You can serve him with your wealth. Some of you can't even give offerings. Since you became a Christian... Every offering, the best offering you have given is two dollars. Give dollar, dollar offering, dollar offering. It's a sign of a poor Christian. It's a sign of someone who is serving God without contentment. It's a sign of someone who is serving God without joy. Hallelujah. Amen. God does not want you to serve him with poverty. God does not want you to, he says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Your wealth. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Where would you get wealth from if God and don't expect that you have wealth? Why would he expect you to honor him if he's not expecting that you have wealth? You listen to me, brothers and sisters. You ought to have wealth. You should not be poor. I say you should not be poor. Have faith that you should not be poor. You shouldn't be poor. Amen. You should not be poor. He's expecting that you honor him with wealth. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's read from verse 6. Every man. Okay, but this I say. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Which one do you want? <laughs> Vicky, how do you want to sow? Sparingly or bountifully? Bountifully. How can you sow bountifully if you don't have? You can. So does God expect that you have bountifully? Then he expects that you sow bountifully. So stop the one dollar offering. One, one, one dollar. From today, say, I don't give one dollar offering anymore. You come to church with your hair nice and nice dressed, one dollar offering. Shame on you. Shame on you. You know, some of you, you are too stingy. You, 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 you show a life of poverty. Even when you are eating, it pains you. 
When you are eating, it pays you. It, you, it pays you that you are using your money to buy food, to eat, to enjoy. You are angry. You, after you have left the restaurant, you are angry. You, you have gone to buy food and you are holding the food and you are angry with yourself. You are angry. Especially when you didn't know the price and they ran the... <laughs> they ran the thing and you don't know to say, I don't want it or I'm taking it. Shame on you. Say, I am rich. I am rich. It is your promise and your claim. It says, verse 7, verse 7, verse 7 says, it says, every man, according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give. How? Not grudgingly. Listen, it is a curse to be poor. When you are poor, you give grudgingly. I say, when you are poor, you give grudgingly. They say, we want you to contribute. Oh, we are contributing to do this. Eh, this church, every time they are taking, eh, all the time, they want this, they want this. You are poor. That is why you are grudgingly giving. You are poor. God doesn't like people to be poor. He knows that poverty will make you give grudgingly. How can you give grudgingly? If God expects you to be rich. Look, the truth is that if you are rich, you will not give grudgingly. Michael, isn't that true? If you are rich and someone asks you, oh, someone asks you, oh, do you have $20 to spare me? And you have $20 to give to the person. Would you, would you grudgingly give? Those of you who, when you are walking by and beggars are sitting down and they are asking for money and you give them a dollar, do you give grudgingly? You don't. Because, you see, dollar to you is nothing. Isn't that so? So, the same way, if you are rich, a thousand dollars to you will not be anything. But when they say, oh, how many of you can give five hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, three hundred, they have come again. Uh, they have started again. Uh, all of these things, they want to embarrass people. Uh, shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you. He says, don't give grudgingly. Do not give grudgingly. I am teaching you the scriptures. I am teaching you the scriptures. Or of necessity. Necessity means you are not having satisfaction. You have a need. You are in need of something. You are not satisfied. And he says that, he says that godliness with contentment is great gain. Contentment means being satisfied. Not having a need. No necessity, no scarcity in your life. So he says, I don't like people who have necessity to be given. I'm telling you, God does not want you to be poor. God does not want to be poor. What does he like? He says, God loveth a cheerful giver. God loveth a cheerful giver. God loves people who give to him cheerfully. You are happy as you are giving. He said, oh, um, we, are, we are collecting this to buy this thing for the kids. How much? $20 each. Oh, take 50 That is a person who is giving cheerfully. 
They say, oh, we want to collect something to buy gifts for the children. You, are, you also have a child. And we are collecting to buy something for the children. You say, my child doesn't want it. <laughs> you say, I, and then, oh, you say, I don't have a child. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you. Tell your neighbor, shame on you. Hallelujah. Fight the good fight of faith. God wants us to fight the fight of faith. Amen. I'm going to read a passage to you. I'm going to read this passage to you. But um, before we do that, let me read this scripture so you understand why this passage you are going to read is important. Let's read Romans chapter 15 verse 4 first. Romans chapter 15 verse 4. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. It says, for whatsoever, listen, listen very carefully. It says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. Do you understand? All the scriptures, everything that is written, they were written for our learning. That we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Do you understand? Give me the amplified version in this one. It says, for whatever was written in the former days was written for our instructions that by our steadfast and patience, endurance, and the encouragement drawn from the scriptures, we might hold fast to and cherish hope. Hallelujah. Now turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3. See, the scriptures were written for our learning. They were written for our example. They were written for our admonition. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 3. And verse... Okay, you can read from verse 1. That is okay. It says, Wherefore... Holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who had built the house had more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Listen, we quote this scripture a lot when we are witnessing to people and so on and so forth, but I'm going to read this whole passage to you and you understand why this scripture is referenced here. It says, wherefore, 
as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, or as in the day where they provocated God. He says, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. This is the Lord speaking. He says, when your fathers tempted me in the wilderness, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. You have to listen very carefully because these things were written for our learning. Do you understand? He says, wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their hearts and they have not known my ways. May you know the ways of God. Amen. You see, you, we err in our hearts and we lose our hope when we do not know the ways of God. That is why every Christian must pray that you know the ways of God. That when God is taking you through a path, you understand why. You see, when someone is doing something, when someone is doing something for you, do you see? And the thing looks like very nasty and very ugly. Do you see? For instance, if you, 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 you go to, you, go, you, you are having surgery, you know, it may look very nasty. Sometimes bowel surgery, you know, it may smell. Tubes and things, putting all over, bloody, and it looks very nasty. But if you know the person's aim, the goal, why the person is doing that, you will tolerate the nastiness. It wouldn't bother you. Medication may taste very bitter. And it's so bitter, and it's so big a pill. You know, some, some of you take vitamins. Do you love taking the vitamins every day? Sometimes it feels like it's choking your throat. It's cho you, are, you are choking on the vitamins. But you know the benefit. You know the goal for that. So you swallow it. You see, when you know the ways of God, when you understand the ways of God, and he's taking you through a path, it may be a very dry path. It may be a path that looks like no promises. It may look like a path that looks like nothing. But you are following because you know his ways. And you know this is the kind of God. And you know what he's going to do. It's a very important prayer to pray that you know the ways of God. To understand his ways. Amen. So he says, they do always err in their hearts. And it's in your heart. It's in your heart. As we are saying that you are rich, you are saying, and you look at the job, you are looking at the work you do, and in your heart, you have erred already. You say, this seven by four job, how am I going to be rich? And the moment we say you are rich, and the moment even we say, take some money and buy an air ticket, your mind went back to your rent. And then your this, and then your babysitter, and then the child this and this, and then you realize that, I'm not going to have anything. I still cannot go. You have air in your heart. You have no faith. He says, they do always air in their heart. And they have not known my ways. So I also swear in my wrath, in my anger. I swear in my anger that they shall never enter into my rest. They will never. Do you know the rest of God? Do you know what rest God has promised them? He had promised them to take them to a place, a land that flows with milk and honey. 
a land that flows with milk and honey. That was the promise. That is where he was taking them to. That This is where you are going to rest. This is where you are going to live. This is where you are going to settle. Where, what I'm taking you through, the resting place is a land that flows with milk and honey. But he says, I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. I'm telling you, he says, as you hear the voice of the Spirit, harden not your heart. So he says, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Unbelief is an evil heart. Amen. Unbelief is a sin against God. To not believe in the promises of God is a sin against God. I said, that is why many Christians are poor. That is why many Christians are poor. You don't have faith. He says, so I swear in my wrath, verse 11, they shall not enter into my rest. And he says, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you, in any of you, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Why it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom he had, but with whom he was grieved forty years. He says, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned? whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. The ones that do not believe, they are the ones that will not enter into his rest. The ones who do not have faith that this God will really take you to a place like this, you will not enter into his rest. Hallelujah. So, it says, verse 19, this is the scripture. It says, so we see that they could not enter in because of what? Unbelief. Because of unbelief. They did not make it to the promised land because of unbelief. God promised to take them to a promised land, to a place of rest, where the land flows with milk and honey. But because of the lack of faith, because of their lack of faith. Because they were seeing wilderness. They were seeing trouble. They were seeing dryness. They were seeing a place where there is no water. As they were going. So they could not see how can this path. How can this path lead to a land that flows with milk and honey. How can, how can this path. How can this man be a source of my joy. It is your faith. How can this marriage be a source of my joy? It is your faith. 
if you have prayed and God has given you this, you know that he's leading you to a, a place of joy. Amen. But as you are going, you are seeing wilderness. And so, you see, if you don't know his ways, your surroundings, the wilderness, it will quench the faith. And you will never enter into his rest. Amen. You will never enter into his rest. We have so much doubt. The Bible says that with men it's impossible, but with God, everything, all things, everything, think about it, perceive it, imagine it. He says what you can, your heart cannot even imagine. Your mind cannot even think of. They are possible with God. All things are possible with God. All things. There is nothing that is impossible with God. There's nothing that is impossible, except that you don't believe. You don't have faith. You don't believe that he can do it. And that he says that you will not enter into your rest. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Look, a prophet can prophesy over your life all you want and say all sorts of things over your life. If you don't believe, if you don't have faith, you will not receive it. It will never come to pass in your life. I'm telling you. Look, these people, it was not through a prophet that prophesied over them that you come to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. It was God himself. God himself that told them. God himself that told them that I am leading you to a place that flows with milk and honey. But if you don't have faith, you will never get there. Even though God has promised you. Even though the promise is from God. If you don't have faith, you will never enter. Rabbit. If you don't have faith, you will never enter. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? It was coming from God. You see, so the promises that God has given us, they don't come to us automatically. That is why many Christians are poor. I'm telling you. That is why. That is the reason. It comes by faith. It comes to the one, because you see, the moment that promise comes, someone is coming after it. The moment the promise comes, someone is coming after it. And the person will take your eyes off the altar and the finisher, and he will take your eyes on the surroundings. And so as the people were in the wilderness, they did not imagine how this can lead to a land that flows with milk and honey. The path didn't look like that. The way that they were going didn't look like it can bring you to any proper place. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Beloved, we need to have faith. We need to pray for faith. Amen. Because you see, we are, we are designed to believe in what we see. But as a Christian, you don't walk by sight. You don't walk by what you see. We walk by faith. I say we walk by faith. We don't walk by sight. We don't walk by what we see. We walk by faith. Hallelujah. We walk by faith. It is God that promised them. But they needed to fight the good fight of faith. Fight the faith to stay on the course. Yes, this is what we are seeing. But we have faith and confidence in this God that he will take us there. Fight the good fight of faith. I say fight the good fight of faith. You need to stay on course. Hallelujah. God did not give them a map. He did not give them GPS. He did not give them anything. Hallelujah. And whenever we are working with God, that is how it is. Whenever we are working with God, that is how it is. 
He will not show you anything. The only thing that he will give you are his promises. That is all he will give you, his promises. And he wants you to have faith. Hallelujah. He wants you to have faith. And he wants you to fight the good fight to keep these promises. And say, I believe them. He says, I see what is happening. I see what is going on. I see what they are planning to do, but I believe in the word of God. I believe in his promises. I believe them. Hallelujah. The people could not enter into God's rest because of, not, not because of fornication. It's not because they sinned against him. It's not because they, they were killing people. They were murderers. You see, a lot of times we think it's certain sins that will not make us obtain certain things from God. I am telling you, this is a very important message I'm sharing with you. A lot of times we think, oh, it is, you know, sometimes you don't, you, you, you don't get something. And then you start thinking of, oh, it is because of this lie. It is because of the fornication. It is because of, I stole this. It is because I, I said this. It's because I didn't pay my tithe. It is, no, 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 no. Those things, they are sins. God does not endorse them anyway. But he says, he says, without faith, without faith. He didn't say with, with, with fornication or with stealing. He says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. But he that cometh to him must first believe that he is. And he is a rewarder. He only rewards those who diligently seek him. Now, you will diligently seek a person when there are challenges. When there are trials. When it looks like it's impossible. When it looks like it's not going anywhere, that is how you diligently seek God. And you say, throughout the trials, throughout the wilderness, throughout the dryness, I don't see any river. I don't see any fertile land. I don't see anything, but my faith is in God. And I know that he will do it. I know that he will do it. Amen. I know that he will do it. Have faith. Pray for faith. Pray for faith. Pray that you have faith. And you will see how your life will change. Pray that you have faith. Amen. Pray that you have faith. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to somebody? You know, our time is up, but um, I have a lot that I want to share with you. So, um, wow. The blessings of God, it will not come to you automatically. I'm telling you, it will not come to you automatically. Amen. I say it will not come to you automatically. Hallelujah. It will not come to you just because you are a Christian. It is not because you have done this or you have done that. That is not. It is because you have no faith. You don't have faith. Look, there are some people, they are not, they, they are not even as serious Christians as you are. But they have faith. I said they have faith. They have faith and they receive things. Because that thing called faith, once you have it, you just baffle God. You, it just opens the windows of heaven when you have faith. I'm telling you. They don't do their quiet time. They don't pray. They don't do, but they have faith that one, this thing that I'm asking God, he will do it. And there is no doubt in their minds that he will do it. And they receive it. I am telling you. I'm telling you. Why should you? Why should you? Some of you should not be in certain positions. Have faith that God can change your position. I say have faith that God can change your position. He can transform your position. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Put your hands together for the Lord. Our time is up. And stand to your feet.
Fight the good fight of faith. 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 Oh, fight the good fight of faith. Yes, fight the good fight of faith. It is set before you. It is set before you. But when you look at your surroundings, you see wilderness. You see scorpions. You see snakes in the wilderness. You don't see fertile lands. You don't see green grass. You don't see blessings. But set your heart. Set your heart on God. Knowing that he who has promised, he who promised you, is also faithful also to do it. The God that you have believed in. Oh yes, his promises. He said, lay hold, lay hold. Lay hold on eternal life. Fight this good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Oh, Lord. Increase our faith. Increase our faith. As the man said, he says, heal me in my unbelief. Lord, heal my unbelief. We have not believed in so many things. But Lord, tonight, heal our unbelief. Yes, heal our unbelief. Heal our unbelief. That I may walk, Lord, way. Please show me your way. Show me your way. Oh, Jesus. That we may understand you. I put that we may know you. May we not be like the people of Israel. Who, for the lack of faith, because of unbelief, they did not enter into their rest. Lord, may we enter into our rest. Increase our faith. Increase our faith. May we enter into our rest. Help us, Jesus. Like the man who had a son who was tormented by demons. He says, heal me my unbelief. Heal me my unbelief. Yes. That my faith will be in you only. That all my faith is in you. That all my faith is in you. Oh, many times Jesus said, Your faith has made you whole. It is your faith that has healed you. Let your faith heal you. Let your faith heal you. Your faith will restore you. Your faith will make a change. Your faith will transform you. Your faith will transform your life. Your faith will bring you joy. Your faith will bring you happiness. He says that godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness. It is not with dissatisfaction. Godliness with poverty is not great gain. Godliness with hunger is not great gain. But godliness with contentment, godliness with satisfaction, it is great gain. Yes. my heart.
Father, we are thankful and grateful to you tonight. Lord, we ask that you heal our unbelief. Lord, may we not be like our ancestors. Father, who for their unbelief, who for the lack of faith, who did not fight the good fight of faith, and as a result, they did not enter into their rest. Heavenly Father, we ask of God that you show us your ways. May we understand you. That we will be strong in our faith. Father, may we understand your ways. May we understand the path that you are leading us through. Father, may we understand where you are taking us. We ask of Jesus that you will guide us. Let your eyes guide us. Let our focus be on you, the author and the finisher of our faith. May our surroundings and our circumstances and the things that we see and the things that we encounter the things that we encounter on our road to the place of rest may those things not distract us may those things not take our eyes off you but Lord may we continue to fight this good fight of faith we are thankful and grateful in Jesus name Amen with all eyes closed and every head bowed you are here tonight. You are not born again. You have not taken this faith. You have not invited Christ into your life. His promises, they are for them who have received this gift. The gift of salvation. You are here tonight. You are not born again. But you say you want to give your life to Jesus. You say you want to invite Jesus into your life. If that is your prayer. Wherever you are, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that, you want to give your life to Jesus? I'm giving you this opportunity. Christ is here to save you. Anyone here like that? You say, I want Jesus into my life. I want to have Christ in my life. I want to be born again. If you were to die today, you are not sure where you are going. But tonight you can make that certainty. You can make sure of your salvation. Anyone here like that? I want you all to join me and say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. I have sinned. I, have sinned. I am not worthy, am not worthy to, be one of your servants. to be called one of your servants. But tonight, but tonight I want to tell you I want to that I believe, I believe that you are Christ. That you are Christ. You died for my sins. You died for my sins. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I believe, I believe that you rose again from the dead. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Let the blood wash me. Let the blood, let the blood cleanse me. Let the blood. The blood that you shed on Calvary. The blood that you shed. Let it cleanse me. Let it. Let it purify me. Let it purify me. Tonight. Tonight. I welcome you into my life. Welcome you. Take control of my life. Take control of my life. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my savior. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Please write my name. Please write my name. In the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me. For saving me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord as you take your seats.
We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.